Death is seen as final. Death is seen as an end. Death is seen as ultimate. Death is seen as ruling. Death is seen as a big fat full stop over which we have zero control and for which there is no antidote. And then Jesus comes along and three days after death rises again from the dead and says, I just changed everything. Death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? The, the, the king of heaven overcame death. death. Death no longer is the ruling feature. It no longer has command over our lives. We have been set free from the fear of death because we have one who has reigned not over every sickness and every demonic oppression in his, that he encountered in his life. He reigned over death itself. Um, that's pretty exciting. And, and yeah, I think a lot of the Christianity that, that I've experienced and grown up with was actually focused on the other side of this event. And we were taught to bring our stuff to the cross. But the, the silly thing about that is there is nobody left on the cross. He's, he's risen. The cross is empty. The grave is empty. And Jesus is alive. He's resurrected and he's sitting on the throne and he's ruling ruling and reigning. And, and this is a fundamental shift in the way that uh, we do faith, the way that we look at life. And actually what happened at the resurrection changed everything for everybody, whether they believe or they don't believe. Because, because, the, because something got released in that time that changed everybody's destiny. This was, this, was, this was the beginning of a new order. This was the beginning of a new reality. This was an establishing of, of heaven's government on the earth in increasing measure that was enabled by the fact that Jesus didn't stay in a grave but, but was raised from the dead. Um, that's pretty exciting for us. And, and I think that, that we <coughs> there couldn't be something more... In the human mind, there couldn't be something more final, more potentially discouraging than death. If you think about it, whatever aspirations you had in your life, once you die, the time is up, isn't it? Well, I'd hope to be an astronaut. But, you know, come 85 years old or 91 years old or whatever it is, even if you're still clinging... Sort of by your fingernails to the hope of being the first geriatric astronaut. When you go to meet your maker, it's over. Death has that kind of a final effect on hope and expectation, does it not? If you if you were just sort of thinking, you know, one day, one day I'm going to be a, an amazing father. One day, one day I'm going to be an amazing whatever. But you die, it's over. Except it's not over. At least it wasn't over for Jesus. There couldn't, there couldn't be anything more negative in the face of hope than crucifixion. There couldn't be anything more final to the hopes and dreams of his followers than a dead saviour. Which is why they scattered and were discouraged, and, 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 and he told them that they would. 
But, but, but can you see, this, this, is a big, this is a pretty big discouraging moment. This is worse than losing your job. This is worse than getting sick. This is worse than people disliking you and abusing you. This is, this is worse than relational breakdown. This is pretty ugly. When you, when you look at it from one side. Yeah? It, it's, one of, it's one of the most, it's one of the, the ultimate discouraging moments. Would, it, would you not say so? The, 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 the ultimate discouraging moment, the ultimate thing that you or I would have zero uh, resources, zero, uh, just no way of solving. We suddenly, we are completely not in control. We are out of resources, out of answers to solve this. This is final. Death has ended our hope. If, if we were a disciple following Jesus at that point, this would be the end of all ends, not the beginning of all beginnings. But Jesus turns the, the, the worst ending into the most glorious beginning in a, shape, in, in a period of three days. He, he, rewires, he rewires the world. He, he rebases reality. He introduces a new reality which is superior to the old one where the ultimate discouragement is just the ultimate discouragement, and where when you have no resources and you have no ideas, it's just over and out and it is the end, he says there's, a, there's, another, there's another way. There's another perspective. There's another way of looking at this. There's another reality just invaded your life where the end is no longer the end, where the greatest discouragement is no longer discouraging, where defeat isn't defeat, where lack isn't lack, where hopelessness isn't hopeless. Just, just thought I'd say that. I thought that was quite encouraging. And I think the, early, the earlier disciples and the early apostles lived in this conscious, a strong conscious awareness that they were living in the light of and in the momentum of resurrection. They preached resurrection. They believed in the cross, don't misunderstand me, but if you, if you look at the book of Acts, these people were resurrection-focused. The thing they got in trouble for was going around saying, this, this, this guy who was dead, he's alive. And as soon as Paul started to say that in certain situations, he got in really bad trouble. It wasn't a debate about religion. Suddenly when he claimed that a dead man was now raised, then it became controversial. Because this reality, this resurrection rebases everything. Because suddenly anything is possible. And suddenly God's in charge and not man. Suddenly resources are released and, and thinking is expanded or turned upside down by the, by the literal fact that someone that was dead in the grave has now been raised to life. And to go around with a message like that is a bit nuts. And to live in the reality of a message like that is a bit nuts because it doesn't fit the reality we described where death is ultimate and death is in charge. I, I want to propose to you today that we are called to live in a different reality where the ultimate discouragements and the ultimate knockbacks and the ultimate discomforts and the ultimate full stops are not ultimate full stops in our life because we're connected to someone who's been, risen, who's been raised from the dead and we've been raised with him. Because he changed reality, our reality has changed. It doesn't mean hard things don't happen. It just means they don't mean the same thing as they used to. 
But if we, if we live the wrong side of the cross, then we live like everybody else, which says when hard things happen, then they mean the same to us as it does to them. And that is no longer true. Just, just think about it. So many things in the Bible, the worst things preceded the best things. The most discouraging moments, the biggest, the biggest uh, opponents, the scariest, the scariest things preceded some of the biggest breakthroughs. Think about little David, probably a late teenage boy who just bought cheese and bread to his brothers. And yet he knows there's a call on his life. He knows he's called. He knows he's anointed from God. And, and he's learned to, to fight, fight bears and lions while looking after sheep. And there's, there's Goliath, this, this nine-foot giant, standing in front of, of, of the armies of God. With the, and behind him are the armies of the Philistines. And there's David, a, a little boy. With, he eventually goes up against him with no armor on and just a sling. It's David looking at this guy thinking, wow, what a positive, what a positive indication that I'm about to enter my destiny. <laughs> Other lights all over Goliath going, welcome to your destiny. Here I am. I'm to help you fulfill all the promises of God on your life. Yeah. No, actually, if there's any kind of neon sign on Goliath's head, is I'm, I'm going I'm to eat you up and feed you to the birds. Can you, can you see David somehow has to, has to have a rewire in his head to go, you're my opportunity to enter into all God has got for me because, it's, because Goliath is not wearing that on his forehead. Can you see what I'm saying? So here's a great mountain of a man standing between you and your destiny. And David could have said, <laughs> yeah. I'm going back to the sheep. This feels really uncomfortable facing Goliath. Goliath is, is way too big for me. Um, uh, the, the armor I've been offered doesn't fit. Uh, I'm not used to sword play. Uh, this is a very uncomfortable situation. You're a very scary man. Uh, I'm not even in the army. I'm maybe not even old enough to be in the army. I have every excuse in the world to get out of this extremely fearful and confusing and uncomfortable situation and go back to be with sheep. Bye. I did what I, I, mean, I was only asked to come and bring the cheese. And, you know, just if I felt called to this, then surely I'd be feeling a lot more comfortable right now looking at Goliath. I, I would feel less fear or more equipped or, you know, I'd be feeling supercharged and, and I'm not, so I'm going back to the sheep. Or maybe Jesus, as he's coming, you know, he's been betrayed and he's there and he's wrestling and, and, and he's, facing, he's facing the cross and he's there, there, there praying, you know, actually he's saying, God, if there's another way, let... And they agreed all this in eternity past. But he's facing such a horrendous experience that he's still having a conversation with the Father going, God, if there's some other way out of this, I want out. But if it's your will... I'm going for it. Now, was he, was he feeling particularly anointed at that moment? Was he feeling like, oh, what a lovely thing to be doing today. This is obviously a gateway into gloriness. This is a yummy experience. No, he was feeling like, I want to go home. I want to go be with my mom. 
Maybe, maybe even he's thinking, maybe carpentry was a good idea after all. But he had a genuine tussle. He had a genuine discomfort. It was genuinely things about what he was facing that didn't look great. But actually, it was the doorway to incredible purpose. <clears throat> I heard a great illustration the other day. Where, where, is, where do you put a scarecrow? In a field. But what's in the field that you put the scarecrow in? Crops. Yeah, so you just, you put scarecrows to keep the crows away from the seed you just planted. Yeah, that's the idea. So the scarecrow is to scare away the crows or the birds because you just put something in the field you don't want them to eat. Yeah? You, you're, so if the birds and the crows were intelligent, they'd all flock to the field with all the scarecrows in. Yeah? So if you want a good meal, find a field with a scarecrow in. So what the enemy does, he puts our scariest, he puts the scariest circumstances right where our most fruitfulness is going to be. Try over here. So God's got all these great promises, all this great fruitfulness, all this great purpose for you. The enemy is not all-powerful, all-seeing, or all-resourceful, so he's going he's gonna to park his tanks on the lawn in front of the point of your greatest breakthrough. He's going to make the scariest bit actually be the bit that is going to be your most fruitful bit. Because you can't protect all the options, so he's going he's gonna to face you off on the bit that is the most significant for you. He's going to put Goliath in front of your destiny. He's going to put Jericho in front of your destiny. He's going to put giants in front of your destiny. He's going to put them in front of the promises of front and in front of your hope. He's, he's, not, he's not going to introduce lots of tiny wee things that invite you in easily into the things that are going to be the most fruitful in your life. Is, it, is this making sense? So resurrection gives us the opportunity to rebase the way we face everything that looks scary and in the way of what we thought we were called to do and be. It actually means that if you're getting discouraged and if you're getting opposition, it's probably a really good sign that you're pushing into God's plan. And just the other, other side of that Goliath, just the other side of that dark place, just the other side of those, those anxieties is actually your greatest fruitfulness and your greatest destiny. And pressing through your discomfort can bring you into a place of resurrection. Just where you think all your hope is lost, that's the gateway to great hope. Just where you think it's the biggest, scariest thing you've ever seen, that's actually the giant that's coming down so that you come into all that God has called for you to be. That's what resurrection is about. Things that look like the end of the beginning. Yeah. So things that look like a disaster are an opportunity for international cosmic salvation. Yeah. <laughs> things that look like losses are gains. Yeah. Dead dreams can come alive. Hopes can come back to life. Death isn't final. 
ugly, broken circumstances can actually be the very thing that usher you into your most incredible destiny. See, when we get our head around resurrection, it starts to rewire the way we look at life. See, what I said at the beginning is resurrection means reality changed. Jesus rebased reality. To say that death no longer has a sting is a complete rebase of reality. To say that we are filled with the Holy Spirit who was sent from Jesus, who has conquered all death, all sin, all Satan, and all sickness is a rebasing of reality. To say that because He was resurrected, we've been resurrected, we no longer sit at the cross, we sit with Him in heavenly places. We are the fruit of His resurrection. It's just at times we've been taught that we're still on the earth when actually, and we treat our circumstances as if we were earth, but actually we've been joined with the one who is resurrected and is in heaven. So our reality is different. We can treat reality around us as unreality and the reality that he won as true reality. And too many of us say, well, I just want to be real, so I'm going to be depressed because I've had a bad time. Well, how it, that's real in one category, but it's not real in a new one. If Jesus rebased reality, we, we are learning to live our life from his reality, not an old mindset. Some of you are looking at me like, you're scaring me. Let, let, let's look at some other verses. John 16, 33. This is at the end uh, of... John 16, he's been talking about his death and resurrection to come. And, uh, oh, glory. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Thanks. In this world, you will have trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Preaches well, that one. But, cheer up, be of good cheer. Be of good courage, take heart. There's all different ways you could translate take heart. I have overcome the world. In the world, this is Jesus. He's prophesying in the world you're going to have trouble. Now, we can, all, we can all go, yeah, oh, yeah, nobody's seen. What's it? The trouble. It's the trouble I've seen. Yeah, it's Kevin Dead, was it? Nobody knows. Hands up here if you've ever had any trouble in your life. He was right, wasn't he? <laughs> but, did, but the startling thing he says is, be encouraged. Be happy. And we're like, what? <laughs> trouble and encouragement and happiness do not go together in the same paragraph. Le not the same book in the way that we've tended to look at life, right? Be encouraged. Yeah. My life just turned to dust. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, am I, am I preaching to the right group here? Is this? But he gives us a reason. He says, I've overcome the world. So he's just talking about the fact that he's going to, they're not going to see him and then they're going to see him. He's talking about he's going to die and he's going to be resurrected. And in the resurrection, he's, over, he's overcome. So we can be happy 
you want, you want more help with this? I'm going to give it to you anyway. Just, just turn with me. There's a couple of... The Apostle Paul and the Apostle James got their heads around this. They, they, these guys lived crazy upside-down lives. They, they were weird. Romans 5, 2. Hmm. Awesome. It says, we just pick it up. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so. See... He's saying the same thing. We rejoice in our, our sufferings. Oh, that's nuts. You can't really mean that. How, how are we doing? Feeling challenged already, aren't we? We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because God has poured out His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. Some of you are already switching off to this message because you think it's ridiculous. I want to propose to you that the resurrection is ridiculous. And it completely rebases the way that we can afford to look at life because we have hope even in death. Death of expectation, death of dreams, death of bodies. We still have hope there's something greater than death. And Jesus proved it by raising from the dead. So here we have a cycle which doesn't go the way that it normally happens in my life. So difficulties happen. Yes, it does produce character and perseverance. But often the outcome of perseverance and character is I just become more realistic. And the older you get, the more opportunities you have to become more realistic. And then what you do to younger people is tell them to be more realistic and don't get their hopes up. But what Paul is saying is actually when the Holy Spirit's involved, because we've got this resurrection life inside of us, when things are going bad, uh, we learn perseverance and character, but the outcome is even more hope. So actually, difficulties produce more expectation, not less. We can become more unrealistic from a world point of view because we're filled with hope. And this hope doesn't disappoint us. It's a supernatural hope that once you've got the other side of your trouble, the thing and the hope is alive and breathing, you're going to get that hope. You're not going to be disappointed. That expectation is going to come true. Okay, let's, let's go to James. Some of you are still looking at me like, there. James, this is Bi- Bible. Okay, just teach, teaching you the Bible this morning. James 1, uh, verse 2. See, he's on the same trick as Jesus. Can you believe this? Can you believe? Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. We just read that, that Romans 5 said that we glory or... <laughs> that we glory in our sufferings. And now James says, count it all joy when we meet various trials. That is not un- that's unrealistic. What were these guys on? What were they taking? They were on this incredible, incredible drug that gives you this amazing alternate reality called the Holy Spirit. You know, when people take drugs, it's because they can't cope with their pain. And it alters their experience of reality. They're, they're all looking for what we just found, which is a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. 
he alters our perspective on reality. And that means we can cope with trouble. We can cope with trials. Huh. In fact, he said, get happy. It's going bad. What? 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 Get that preacher off. You're irritating me. Consider it pure joy. I mean, he's... Wow. Because you know something. You know that testing your faith develops perseverance. Can we go to the next verse? Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Now, how many of you in this room want to be lacking nothing? How many of you in this room want to be mature and complete? Oh, come on, Jesus, bring that in my life. I want to feel like I lack nothing, that I can dispense God's goodies to everybody. Well, this is how we get there. By being happy when it goes wrong. See, the scarecrows are in the fruitful field. The giants are in front of our promises. The worrying moments are right in front of the things that we are going to enter into and are praying for the most. So actually, what starts to happen on the inside of us as we start to realize this is, oh, you know what? This is all going terribly wrong. Ha, ha, ha. That means something. Do you see what I mean? It's rebasing reality. Before it was, it was all going terribly wrong. That means either I've got something wrong or it wasn't God's will or maybe, maybe, maybe all kinds of other reasons, but maybe there's, a, there's a something else going on. Is it's, it's, this is really difficult. Hallelujah. This is my field. And I'm not giving in to the scarecrow. Woohoo! And the fruit of it in this scripture is actually the thing we all want, which is to be lacking nothing, happens because we've been trained by the negativity of not getting it all how we want it straight away. Try and imagine what it would be like if, if you lacked nothing. That's what this, for some of us, that would be actually tough to handle. To be able to pray those kind of prayers and kaboom, it always happens. I mean, some of us would be like, I'm God's man and woman, faith of power for the hour. You know, I'm Mr. Kaboom. Come, invite me. To slide into arrogance could be there. How do, you, how do you handle, you know, cancer? I laugh in the face of cancer. Bring me a cancer patient. 
that's coming. Those days are coming. But, but how do we manage it if suddenly the reputation is, I don't know, just, just use me, you know, Andy Merrick eats cancer for breakfast. I would be getting calls from around the world. People would be, how do I manage that kind of, Something needs to happen that I become, perseverance needs to finish its work in me so that when I do lack nothing, I have got maturity to handle it. You know, maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'm called to be this crazy, successful businessman and, you know, have millions and give them into the kingdom and, and it's all going terribly wrong. But listen, you need to keep going. There's some stuff you're going to learn before you get to the fullness of what you're called to be. Because if sometimes, sometimes if God just gave us that massive thing straight away, we maybe wouldn't do with it all that we imagined we would. The Ferrari would happen too quickly. And all that wonderful stuff that you're going to do for the kingdom may disappear. I, I don't know. Or you may, you may not have the wisdom to handle the people that would come at you because you suddenly are a person of resource where you are... It's actually harder to deal with resources than lack. Greatness takes more maturity than insignificance. And we're called to greatness. When God called Abraham, he called him to greatness. He said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you great. And for years, the church has been scared of greatness. We're not going to change the planet by being, being full of small-mindedness and lack. But that's going to require us pressing through some of the things that appear to be obstacles, negatives, where our hopes have died, and we realize, actually, death is not final. It's only temporary. Is this making sense? See, both James and Paul say to rejoice or glory in trials and difficulties because we know something. We know that through this perseverance that, that hope is released. Or here, we know that we're made, we may, we're coming to a place of, of, of maturity and supply, that we lack nothing. So we know that we know something. We know that negativity is not the final uh, word. There's another word. There's a greater word. There's a greater reality. I'm, still, I'm just saying the same thing a different way. There is a greater reality than your circumstances. And they're plugging into that greater reality and enjoying it before the circumstances have changed because they know that they will change because they know they're plugged into the resurrection side of the cross and the resurrection. They know they have an altered paradigm. They have an altered view on all of life. Their heads have been messed with. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit equivalent of, of taking LSD for a long time. If you've ever met anybody who's taken that, they're, they're just permanently messed up in their head. And you talk to them about life, and they're a little bit kind of, way, unless they get healed. Well, we are Holy Spirit 
Holy Spirit intoxicated, realigned reality. Like, wait, you mean, I mean, you, you know, yeah, your son's just got cancer and he's got a 50-50 chance of living. And you're like, yeah, we're still going to press on with the purpose of God. You what? That's happened to us. We're still going to plant that church. Here we are. I can, I can remember doing my sort of year in Bible school. At the end of it, I was told by senior leaders that I wasn't a leader. I, might, I had this promise of God in my life, and it was as if say, they, God used them, I'm sure, but it was as if Satan had parked his biggest tank on the lawn in front of my greatest promise and, and growled at me and shot his biggest shells at me and said, you are not a leader. It blew me to bits but didn't give up. It was the most uncomfortable thing I can remember facing as a young guy. And I'm like, but I have the promise. I'm going to believe the promise. I'm going to believe the promise. I'm going to believe the promise. I actually had a coffee with one of the guys that said it to me about five years ago, and he remembered saying it. And he said to me, I just want to repent. We were wrong. This is like 25 years later. But it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice when it happens. It's kind of nice. Well, I knew at the time, but thank you for saying. And uh, I think I handled it very graciously. But, but there are those really painful, awkward moments that can make you just say, well, it probably wasn't for me then. Maybe that call of God wasn't real. I think there's tons of believers all over the place who've given up on the call of God in their life because something painful happened. And they're like, it probably isn't for me. No, that tells you it is for you. We have a history of encounters with cancer and people dying when we pray for them. That tells me we are going to absolutely rock cancer. Cancer is my target. I'm excited. I'm thanking God for all, already for all the people that are going to get healed of cancer because I'm on the planet. Because something about our circumstances has point in the realm of it not working out or family members suffering as pointing to me, I could either go, oh dear, Cancer's winning. Oh dear! I'm, uh, inside of me, I'm like, this is telling me, this is this is another tank planked, planted right on the lawn in front of my destiny, which is t cancer is going down. You you may have a life that, that that's been full of sickness. You, know, you could say, well, you know, it's just going to overcome me, and that's just I've just got to get used to this reality. Well, hang on a minute. We're celebrating resurrection here. Maybe your biggest Goliath is your doorway to your biggest breakthrough. Maybe your scariest, scariest moments are actually right at the door of your destiny. Maybe all those signs that say, do not enter, scary place, high voltage electricity, scary people, pe giant, giants and ghouls and ghosts. That's the very door. When you walk through it, suddenly power is released and you walk right into what God's called you to be and do. Amen. You see, the enemy is the source of your discouragement. This is why Jesus says, be of good courage or good courage cheer so in the world you will have trouble what he says is be of good cheer because trouble wants to rob you of courage 
and make you feel afraid. God wants to fill you with courage. The enemy doesn't have any courage to give you. God has lots of courage to give you. The enemy wants to impart his discouragement to you by facing you up with circumstances. So note what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, I'm giving you all this trouble. He's saying, in the world there's trouble. And I think that's a biblical view. The world is full of trouble. Just being in it, you're going to hit issues. Why? Because there is a devil, there is a fallen world, and crap happens. What that does to you is the key. It didn't come from God. Don't blame him. He'll use it, but don't blame him. Is this making sense? He'll use it, but don't blame him. You need a bit of pruning, a bit of trouble comes your way. He's going to use it. But be happy. Okay, let's think of something that's really, really ticking you off right now. That's a pressure that's horrible. And this is going to feel really awkward because it feels like it's not real. But if we tune in to the Apostle Paul and the Apostle James and the instruction of Jesus, we're about to do something that is the most real thing we could do in life, which is get happy about all the trouble we're facing. And if we do it together, we'll maybe feel slightly less weird. But actually, actually, as the more our culture changes and we tune in to heaven's perspective, the happier and the more we're going to rejoice when crap happens. I'm serious. I, I am rejoicing about all the cancers that are going to get healed. I'm already doing it. So if there's something where you've been opposed, you've been opposed, you've been opposed, get really happy about that because that giant is coming down in your life. That is actually a sign that you are going to get victory, not that you're defeated. How many times have you had to face that issue? You know, there's an issue. You'll have one. Oh, relational things. I keep failing with relationships. Relationship, re- you know what? That giant is coming down. He's like, That's a sign that you're going to be amazing in the realm of relationships. You're going to learn stuff. You're going to be so gifted at it. You are going to be a relationship guru to trump all gurus for Jesus. <coughs> is this making sense? This is this death all over it. Discouragement over it. That's a sign you're going to be incredible at it. So many times we backed off our destiny because it got awkward, uncomfortable, or discouraging. But actually, those are the very symptoms and signs that that is where we should be pressing through. So if you've thought of something like that, I'm going to encourage some corporate happiness. They're all signs that something amazing is going to happen. If you, if you don't lose heart, if you don't give up. There are... So the goal is that we learn perseverance. Both of those scriptures is, is about also not giving up. Oh, it's so difficult. Don't give up. Oh, it's so difficult. Don't give up. Get more courage. Get more courage. Oh, it's so difficult. Get more courage. Be of good cheer. Get more courage. It's so difficult. Yeah, but give, if you don't give up, you're going to win. You're going to come out the other side with, with outrageous hope. You're going to get filled up. You're going to lack nothing. You're going to be mature. Ha. Huh. Because if you look at the death of Jesus, if you're kind of just on the planet and you're looking at the cross, you can't see three days. You know, we don't do time travel. 
But God sees the beginning from the end and the middle. He knows, and we now know, there's resurrection coming in our life for every spot that's got death in it. So we can be happy now because we already know what's coming. It's not unreality. It's just tuning in with a different reality, a superior reality. I've start, every, everything that's happening in my life that's discouraging, I'm starting to rejoice that it means something great is coming. Just think of something really awful, and then let's laugh. You ready? I'm just going to give you a moment. Let's get happy together. Can you, can you do that with me? Can you kind of jump over the crazy fence? This is, this is what resurrection is about. You ready? Let's just laugh at the really rubbish stuff that's going on. Three, two, one, go! <laughs> oh. <coughs> <coughs> If someone next to you isn't looking happy enough, just poke them in the ribs. Just kind of. Okay, let's start to thank God for the breakthroughs that are coming in the areas where you've seen failure. Thank you, God. That job is going to break through for me. That healing is going to break through for me. My relationships are going to resolve. Just, just thank Him for the things that have, have been disappointing and difficult. The Passion Translation says this. I, I love this. It, <laughs> Acts 14.22. You won't get it on there because it's Passion Translation. It says they, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul taught them, that it was necessary to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we'll endure our many trials and persecutions. So a lot of the old translations say it's through many trials we enter the kingdom of God What he's saying is the only way that you deal with life's trials is by entering into the kingdom realm, which is what we just started to do. So we just started to retune and live from an alternate reality. That's the way we can deal with life and all that gets thrown at us without becoming hopeless, discouraged, and losing our destiny and ultimately losing our identity. Because that's what happens. Destiny and identity are connected. And as soon as you start to give up on either of those things, you, you just kind of come down and start to live at a lower level than you were created to live at. Does that, does that make sense? So discouragement after discouragement starts to tell you things about yourself that isn't true. We do not believe, we don't get our identity or our destiny from our circumstances other than their cues to rejoice that if we've got trouble, that means we're on the right track. So we can turn every negative into a positive because we believe in a Jesus who was resurrected. He turned the ultimate negative into the ultimate positive. 
So all our downers are just preludes to ups. All our defeats are momentary before we have a victory. All our discouragements are there to tell us we're about to have an incredible breakthrough. All our giants are there because they're going to fall no matter how small we think we are or, or how young we are. All the hopes that got dashed can come back to life because Jesus came back to life. Let's stand. This is a good news gospel, eh? Anything, anything negative can be turned around because Jesus rose from the dead. So, Heavenly Father, we, we want to be those who enter into your realm, into your reality, and so deal with life. We deal with life from that perspective, that we are your sons and daughters, that we are seated with you in heavenly realms, that death is defeated, that Satan is defeated, that sin is defeated, that you have overcome, like we were singing this morning, you have overcome. You don't have to work at overcoming because you've already did it. And, uh, and you've included us in. And this morning, I just want to release to us new perspective, yes. new faith, yes. uh, and a, and a, and a, yeah, a, a durability that, 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 that bubbles up inside of us, a bounce that bubbles up inside of us when it's not going well, when it's getting discouraging, and we say, I see that. That's actually an enemy tank parked right on the lawn of my destiny. That, that, that's a... That's a dog of doom barking at the door of my destiny. I see you. I'm going to have you, and I'm not backing off today. And I'm going to rejoice that the other side of that bark, the other side of that, that threat is actually a breakthrough, is actually, is actually joy, is actually something amazing in my life. And I'm going to press through it and not be, I'm not going to be set back by those setbacks. I'm going to set them back. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you poured out on us because of your resurrection. We thank you for the hope. We thank you for the rejoicing that there can be. And we rejoice together this morning that you're good, that you won, you defeated the devil, and you're our God and Savior, and you rose from the dead. Yeah! <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. So whatever you're facing, I encourage you, nail it today. Thank God for it. Thank God that he's in it. Thank God that he's got victory for you. Thank God that even if you have to persevere, there's, there's nothing he's said to you about what he's called you to do will not happen if you do not lose heart and you keep persevering. Every setback is a cause for rejoicing. This is a new mindset. 